it mean to be a child of God? What, is that, what does that mean? I want to I talk today. I woke up a couple days ago, and I couldn't get rid of this word, power. Not the show power. The power that's in you. That, that thing that makes, that makes you better. That thing that makes a certain thing of you come out where you go from conservative to taking action, when you go from, from stagnant to moving things along, that, that thing in you, I don't know if it's just me, but have you ever been afraid of yourself? Have you ever said, you know what, let me, let me, let me not get too upset because I don't, I know what, I don't know, I know, but I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to get out of control. This, this indescript thing that's in your life that even you know that is great, but you don't use it or develop it because you're afraid of it. And you should be a little bit afraid of it, not to the point that you don't do anything, but the point that you are very cautious to develop it. We've all seen those movies where, where the, in the action movie, where they have this chemical or this certain thing that if it gets in the hands of the villain, it's going to blow up the whole world. There is something in you that is special, that is encapsulated, that is set apart from everything else in you, that if it lands in the wrong influence, okay, it will ruin your life. But if it lands in the hands of Jesus and he transforms it, something special is about to happen. And I hear a word from the Lord, your word from the Lord, because you're trying to do some things. You're trying to get over some things. You're trying to move some things in your life. And unless you have power to do it, it will not get done. The Bible says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and love and sound mind. The real evidence of a real child of God, of a real Christian, is not how many scriptures they know. That's the sign of a teacher. You can teach. Great. You have good memory. Great. Doesn't mean you're a powerful man of God. You can know all the songs. Doesn't mean you have power. You can, you can, you can know more than all of us, and you can have all the theology you can have apologetics down packed. You can explain it to the Muslim and to the Hindu and to every denomination. You can explain everything. doesn't mean you're a real child of God. It means you're a good student. If you can do that, we can use you. That's great. But we cannot confuse skills with power. Once something is empowered by God, it is, it is manifested in a different way. And I wonder what's in you that God wants to manifest in a special way. I wonder what would, it, what would happen if you finally decide to not be afraid of yourself and just release the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you stop holding back what God is trying to do because he has not given you that spirit to be afraid of it, but a power, love, and sound mind. When I look at a Christian and when I look at a minister, what I'm examining is not how many scriptures they know. Because that's old school. Old school was we used to examine you by how you look. We used to examine you by if you have a Bible in your hand. We used to examine you by the words that came out of your mouth. You know what I realized? 
That is a horrible way to examine someone's heart. Because you can hold up a Bible that you just bought at Walmart. You can dress like that just because you like it. You don't need any anointing at all to look like a Christian. And throughout the years, we've seen a lot of actors, a lot of people who look like it. And so that's old school. Don't look for people to have Bibles in their hands anymore because that doesn't even exist. The Bible's in the phone. And whatever didn't transfer from the phone or from the book into your heart is useless anyway. But the Bible says it is the engrafted word of God that changes you. Not, not, the, not the Bible that you held in your hand going to church. Not the Bible that's on the, on the shelf. It does nothing on the shelf and it does nothing while you're holding it. It only activates when it's in here and in here and taking action. Amen? I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. So I stop examining Christians by, by, by the Christianese. I stopped doing it. Because I, I met some folks that can talk so good that you feel bad. Like, man, I don't know my Bible. I got to get straight. This brother know everything. He can debate. He can do all this stuff. Until you see the fruit. And you say, wait a minute, there's a, there, it's not congruent here. What, what, what they're saying with their mouth and the evidence in their life doesn't show God. Doesn't show God. There, there has to be a difference between the people who sound like Christian and the people who are effective Christians with the power of God. So no longer can we see physically. Because some Christians wear suits. And some Christians wear jerseys, some have shorts, some have long pants, some have beards, some don't have beards. How do we know who's who? You got to look for the power, you got to look for the love, and you got to look for the sound mind. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Are you ready for that? Do I have your attention now? Okay. Father, we thank you, Lord God, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would transform us today through this teaching and bring us up, Lord God, to a higher level. Help me, Lord God, as your mouthpiece, to speak what you need to say to these people, your children. We are the body of Christ, and we are unique from every other body that gathers themselves today on this Sunday. And we embrace those differences. We embrace all the rest of the churches who are also different, and we appreciate it all. But we need to do us. We need to know what is in us. So even before we help somebody else, we need to know what is inside of us. So that the truth of God may not be hidden under the bed, but it may shine on a lampstand. That this light that we have, that it would never diminish, but it will grow to bless others as well. Today, Lord God, we pray for this deposit as we get ready, Lord God, for our retreat, I believe you have a word for us of preparation that would change our life. Help this word, Lord God, act like a primer that you may build on it, paint over it, and work it, Lord God, until the day that you return. For you who have started a work shall finish it all the way until the day of Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Lord God, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Praise God. 
Can you do me a favor? Can you grab three people and give them some love? I didn't get a chance to greet everybody on the way in. Just tell them I'm happy to see you. God bless you. All right. Uh, are you ready today? I, I, I told Henry to stay up here for a second and the guys just so we can demonstrate something good. All right? Okay. So I want you to understand something that power is not uniform. Skills are not uniform either. But skill by itself and knowledge by itself is not the whole package that you need for your life. Amen? There are certain things that are going to be extremely different in skill, but then there's something else that empowers us. And I want you to understand that if everyone in this room had a, had a cord, had a plug, and, and, and we plugged you in, we would see what lights up based on what's already in you. Amen? So, so I asked Henry to come and I said, I want to give an example of what happens with certain things. Now, I know a couple of chords on the guitar. Okay? And I want you to see what happens when the guitar is in my hand versus being in his hand. Okay? Can we have some fun? Okay. Can I have the guitar for a second? Okay. That's called making believe you can play. I pull a double O, double O Rudy. Now, now, this is his version of that. Go ahead, brother. Play something.
a little different. A little different. Yeah, right. You see, the difference is, thank you guys. The difference is, you, you can even see a difference when they started playing backing me up, it was like fun. When they started backing Henry up, it was business. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because one thing is to have fun with something is another thing to get behind, okay, this is serious, right? So, so somebody with the right type of power even empowers the rest of the team to function differently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and so when I did it, it was to have fun, and there was a grace in it because y'all know that I don't know how to play the guitar, <laughs> right? And, and, and I, I, I was limited to what I can play because I'm limited to what I know versus Henry, his limitation is so much further because he studied, he plays, he, he does different venues, and the list goes on and on of the wide variety of differences. And what we got to talk about today is what happens when we power you up? Because there's a lot of people going to look like they can do what you can do because they're only playing for 30 seconds. But the further the distance goes, you're going to see the difference, and that's going to be a huge difference. Amen? Thank you, guys. Go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. For this reason, and you can put it up in the, in the ESV. Let me read the ESV as well. All right. Well, I got my... Uh, Paper Bible here, and I got it in the uh, New King James. See if I can pull up the uh, ESV. Chapter 3, verse 14, going forward. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend all the saints, what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be fulfilled and filled with all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly that then all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I want you to focus on these two things. In verse 16 he says that according to the riches of his glory, we may, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit where? In your inner being. What is, in, what is in you? What is, what is in your inner being? What's in your inner being is a compilation of all of your experiences, the things that you have edu educated yourself with, the, the friends that you have surrounded yourself, all the voices 
that you have allowed to influence you. I'm not saying the voices that influence you. I'm saying the voices that you allow to influence you. Amen? Because you don't listen to everybody. You have made a decision through who you believe you love to allow those words to enter into you. If a perfect stranger, Sister Ariane, goes up to you and says, I don't love you, how do you take that? You're totally fine with it. It's totally cool. But if your daughter comes up to you and says, Mommy, I don't love you no more, it breaks your heart. Because you have allowed her words to mean something to you. And the more you give permission to someone to influence you, the more open you are to get hurt or to feel love. So therefore, even when it comes to relationships, there has to be a level of trust. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if I don't, if, if I don't trust you, your words have less influence on me. Soon as I decide that I trust your words, now they can impact me. Now, the problem is they could empower me, but you could also make me very sad. I have given you that power. I, I, I want us to, to recognize right now, how many of us throughout our lives have given that power to the wrong people? How many of us have allowed people to hurt us to only realize later that it was our own decision to give that person that authority? We have given people power to ruin our lives. To tell us things that alters our feelings and the way that we operate, we have made that choice. And until we admit that we have done it, there's no way that we can in invite change in our lives. Amen, somebody? Amen. You have to first admit and take it. L let me tell you something. I am, I have no problem taking the blame for things. I actually prefer it. I prefer that things are my fault. I'm not that person that I feel better when it wasn't my fault. It's actually better that it's my fault. Because if it's my fault, I can change. I can do something about it. If it was someone else's fault, I have to sit there and wait for them to make a decision that they want to do something for me, and I don't have time for that. Amen? How many of us have time for people to change and then make a decision to apologize and then really mean that apology and us get stuck while that process is going on? How many want to sign up for that one? But we have. Yes or no? And some of us say, well, Pastor, what, what do I do if it was a parent? What do I do if it was my mother, if it was my father? You're older now. You can make your own choice. If you were hurt by people in the past, do you know that you can make a choice right now for those voices to stop having influence? If you can make a clear decision, if a stranger comes up to you and says, I don't love you, clearly, Deacon Ash Ariane was like, her, her whole body was in agreement. Absolutely, it doesn't matter. That was a choice. Some other people make different choices. They love to be loved. So when someone comes up to them that they don't even know and, and says something, they get affected. Isn't that what happens on social media? You start reading comments of people who don't know you and they don't like something and they say, oh, you look horrible. If it was a perfect change in the street, you wouldn't pay no mind to it. You said, I don't even know you. You keep going. But because of the influence that you have allowed social media to have, now that platform becomes a separate thing, and now you can allow that to influence you negatively, or you can allow it to let things go. You have the power. Nothing has power over you. 
And this is what the Spirit of God wants to let you know, that the, there's a power that is already working in you. Be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Is that, is that what you're trying to do? Or are you trying to get power by something else? You know what happens if you get power by people's opinions? You, you, you'll always be subject to how other people want to make you feel. Verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. Let's, let's break that down for a second. What is all that we can ask or think? What is talking about that there is a wall between even the things that if we were to say, if we were to play a game, we give you three wishes. How many of us, how many of us have played that game before? And what, what most of us ask for? Three more wishes. <laughs> and if you ask us, okay, we give you three more wishes. Just get to it. Because my friends used to play that. I'll pay for, I'll ask for a hundred more wishes. I'm, all right, all right. Get to the point. What do you wish for? What, the, what this word is telling you is at the end of all of your wish list, there's things that you didn't even think of that you actually could wish for. At the end of that little game, there's more to that. He's saying, according to all that you may ask or think. So at the end of your asking, at the end of your thinking, that's your limitation. That's where you stop. God does not stop there in your life. So in your life, there's a whole, I want you to, I want you to just get this. I need you to get this before we go on. In your lifetime, there's more that you can do than what you can think you can do. There's more to what you can do than what you can ask. But you need to tap into the extra. Hello, somebody. You have to tap into that area, and nobody can tap into that except God. The devil cannot tap into that because he doesn't know it. You cannot tap into that because you don't even know what to ask for in that level. You don't know what that looks like. That hasn't happened yet. The only thing that you have is your limitation. And you can break the limitations if you take the breaks off. If you open yourself to that next level, if you become the person that God is trying to make you become versus trying to get stuck on what you think you should be. Now, what is it that you think you should be? Who paints that picture? Who paints that picture? Sister Kim, who paints the picture of what you should be? Should be you. But what happens? Brother Rob, who paints a picture of who you should be? Who should, who, who should you be? Have, we ever, have you ever sat there and think, who should I be? Or do we just end up something? Is this, are we, am I talking right today? Do we just end up something at the end of our lives? Or, or do we have more power than just being a victim of whatever happens? I believe that God has put destiny in the heart of every man. For us to reach what we ourselves don't even know that we can reach. And the only one that can help us get there is the Lord. Amen? You'll see a lot of people in this world be successful. And sometimes we get tricked into thinking that success is what that person was supposed to be. You don't even know. 
that evil works in mysterious ways. Because the process of power is something that we ourselves have not developed correctly. And I'll explain. When we are children, we, one of the things that is used as a deterrent for our own safety is the word no. That's, that's the first thing. Because if a child gets up and there's stairs, you don't want the child to go on the stairs, no. You, 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 there's a stove, you don't want them to go into the stove, no. And when you say no, I want you to understand, what are you putting into the no? You're putting your whole self into the no. You are putting, I don't want you to touch it. There's going to be punishment if you touch it. I'm going to make your life very, very hard if you touch it. Now, the kids, the kids, one years old. Look at all the power you're putting into the no. So, you, so the child has no choice but to listen to you. So guess what's happened? They're getting all of this into no. Until by the time they're six, they're ingrained. No is punishment. Boundaries means if you go close to the boundaries, don't go close to the boundaries. I can't go here. My mom said, I can't hang out with this person. I have to be home at this time. So we are raised for our own safety. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm not saying you should change your parenting techniques. I'm saying that you need to be aware of what's happening. Hello, somebody. So say no, but understand what's happening. Some point along that child's life, you have to start saying yes. You have to let them know life is not all about boundaries. If you know what to do with stairs, you can walk up to the stair. If once, let me teach you how to use the oven so it doesn't have to be no. It, is, it could be you could cook your meal, but you have to do it this way. The, one of the biggest arguments with gun control is no, don't use the gun. But there is no effort to say this is how you use one. I took my kids to the gun range. I said, I don't want you to have a gun. But if you're in trouble, this is what it feels like when you shoot one. This is the possibility of it going through somebody's heart. This is how dangerous this can be. But don't be afraid of the thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't get bugged out. If you see one, know what to do with it. This is how to put a safety on. This is how you unload it. This is how you make sure no one gets killed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's the problem with us? They told us no, but they never said why? Don't hang out with this person. I don't want you around this person. But you will never explain what is it about that person that's dangerous for you. Because once you know the danger, you can walk up right to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because once you know how to use something, it's not dangerous anymore. And that's what happens with power. We, since we, we are not educated in the presence of the Lord, what to do with certain things, we are afraid of it. Like, for instance, his presence. Do you know that some of you in this church, when God's presence comes, instead of getting closer, you go like this? Because you don't know what to do with it. It's too powerful. It's too much. So instead of jumping in the presence of God, you kind of stand here like this. I don't know what's going to happen. Isn't that what happened to some of y'all? Well, Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready to get baptized yet. I received the Lord 17 years ago, but I'm trying to get, I don't know. Because you get afraid of the water. You don't know what's going to happen when you submerge your whole self in it. And, and that lack of certainty makes you timid. It makes you indecisive because you really don't know. So people say stuff like, well, let me get my life together first. 
Let me, let me get these sins in order first before I jump in because you really don't know what happens once you jump in. And isn't that the fault that we all have to deal with? God is always trying to convince us that he's not dangerous. What did he say to Jacob? Don't be afraid. What did he tell Moses? Don't be afraid. Almost every man of God, he had to tell them, don't be afraid of me. I know what you think. I am a consuming fire. But let me teach you how to be around me so I'm not dangerous to you. Let me teach you how to be around me. Let me, so you can get all the way up to the edge. Moses, let me teach you how to get real close to me, but turn your face. I know I'm too much, but let me teach you how to be around me. I know I'm too dangerous, but let me teach you how to navigate around me so I don't kill you and I don't burn you. That's why we have the blood of Jesus. That's why the blood of Jesus was meant to be a covering because we could not stand the raw presence of God. We had to have a high priest go through the veil to do yearly ceremonies and, and, and do sacrifices in order to represent us to God. But what did he do? He covered us with a fireproof chemical called the blood of Jesus. So that we can come boldly into the presence of God without shame. So the Bible says, the, the Apostle Paul said, I pray that men everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So the power that he wants to give us is available to us. The only thing is that we're afraid of it. Because what happens if I get power? What happens? We don't think of those things. You know what we say? I, I don't want to be, we'll say things, deflectory uh, comments, we'll say things like, I don't want to be a fanatic. I love God, but I'm not a fanatic. What does that even mean? What does that mean that you're not a fanatic? Is that somehow safe? I love God, I'm not a fanatic. So what does that mean? You don't go crazy, so the people who go and go to church are crazy, like we're nuts? Like we bang our heads against the Bible if we don't get it? Like, what does it mean to be a fanatic? I don't, I don't get it. Those are, deflect, those are things to deflect. When somebody says, I'm not a fanatic, what they're really saying is, I am afraid of God. Because I don't know what's going to happen if I get close to him. I'm afraid of being locked alone in a room with God and him take total control. I'm afraid what's going to happen when I try to go back to my regularly scheduled life. You know what I hear? I hear the words of a boring person that doesn't like to take risks. All you want is the same life that you've always had. You don't want anything better. Because as far as I know from, the, from my experience with Jesus, what gets transformed is your reasons why you do things. But who you are doesn't change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, the way that Brother Henry plays the guitar, that's his skill. That doesn't change. That continues to be the same. But once the power of God gets in a musician, it's used in a completely different way to worship and honor God. It brings a different flow of power to the audience. It brings a different flow where now you can worship, now you can free yourself because there's power in it. But it doesn't change who you are. 
Could it be that we have been afraid of nothing? And we're simply wasting years being ineffective and the lesser man comes out not the best man. The lesser woman comes out not the best woman because the woman that we get is the woman that's afraid of God. The man that we see is the man that's afraid of God. Not the one that could really be who he was meant to be in business, as a father, as a husband, as a man in the community, as a leader. We get the half a man. The man who's afraid of God. The one who doesn't want to be a fanatic. The boring guy. The guy who doesn't know how to live on the edge between all that I can ask for and all that I don't even know I can do. The man who stands on the edge and says, what else is there? I ain't talking about money. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about the power that you can possess. And because we're so afraid of it, we don't develop it. Because how do you develop a skill that you're afraid of? How do you develop that? If you had said in your mind, I cannot pitch lefty, will you ever even try to pitch lefty? You won't do it. Because you set your mind, this cannot happen. I can't do it. Amen, somebody? Let's, let's read the scripture. I want to go deeper in this. Is this good? Are you getting some today? Thank you, Jesus. Since the beginning, God intended for man to have unlimited potential. That's why he had no problem trusting and saying, let them have dominion. Dominion is a form of power that operates in authority. But his, our authority was supposed to be coupled with his power. So man was supposed to have dominion, but when man couldn't move something, we were supposed to call on God to move it. Hello, somebody. So, so, so everything was to submit to Adam, but based on God's authority. So all the animals had to listen to Adam based on Adam's authority. Whatever he called them, that's what they were. What happened when sin came? Sin disconnected man from God, and man lost what? Lost authority. Now go tell a lion to sit and roll over. What happens? The authority was taken away. That lion ain't going to listen to you. Tell an elephant, hey, give me a ride to the corner. He'll stomp on you. He ain't listening to you. In order for a wild animal to listen to man, they have to be tamed, submitted, abused, slapped, caged, over and over, hurt physically, so they, can, so they can familiarize your commands as if I don't listen to this guy, I'm going to get punished, so they submit. It's, it's not really, it's, it's not really a, a relationship, it is just fear dominance. But when God had given man, it was obedience, and it was a pleasure to serve. When the presence of God is gone and God's authority over your life is gone, everything that was supposed to listen to you don't listen to you no more. Hello, somebody. What happens when the power of God goes back in your life and you have connection with the Father? And now you have to command things in your life. Guess what happens? It's a pleasure to listen to you. It's a pleasure. 
because you're a man authorized by God. You're a woman authorized by God. So when you speak, it's a pleasure to listen because it's not just you, but because I also have a connection with the Lord and I recognize the power and the flow, then we can live in peace. So when you connect yourself and you let yourself be empowered by God, the first thing that changes in your environment is the flow of peace. Peace and prosperity and movement happens everywhere where a man or a woman of God steps in because everything starts to fall in line the way it was supposed to be from the beginning. Can you say amen to that? Now, I'm not saying this is easy. This is very difficult. If we study history, we'll notice in history that the people of Israel were supposed to be the most powerful nation. And God was developing, developing them to be the most powerful theocratic democracy. What does that mean? The, theocracy means God is in control. Democracy means the people are in control. There's a voting process, the decision-making, all these things. Look, what God was doing with them by developing Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. If, if you look at where, when David was about to be elected king, you'll start studying how every tribe had several hundreds of thousands of people that they were in charge of. And before they wanted Saul, before they had a king, look at how they used to make decisions. The elders of the people of every tribe had to come together and they had to gather the intel and the votes from every clan that was underneath every tribe. And this was a process that took a while because you couldn't just text your vote. You couldn't text your opinion. So they had to go from house to house, village to village, gathering the opinion of the tribe of Benjamin, going to Nephtali and knowing what is it that they wanted, going to Judah and getting all the elders together and all the leaders and all the soldiers and all their forces together. So when Israel went to war, it wasn't a decision that happened like this. They had to all come together, seek the presence of God, and all the way down to the last clan, they had to come into agreement. Now, that's a lot of work. But God was in control, but he empowered them to make their own decision. So it was going to be a nation influenced by God, controlled by men and women of God. That's the way it's supposed to be. But that's not what they wanted. What they wanted was, we want a king like everybody else. They were more concerned with fitting in than being unique. Because there was nothing like this in the world at that time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The United States has tried to be that. We tried to say, well, we're a Christian nation and our founding fathers had developed this on religious freedom. And so we have a voting system. And so... The beginnings of the United States were very close to what God wanted to do. We are way far from that. Amen? But that is what the system that was supposed to have. We have states. They had tribes. You hear what I'm saying? We have governors. We have mayors. We have different systems. This is an old system from Old Testament. God wanted to develop this so everyone had representation. But at the end, they had to consult with God because God was the one that fought the battle before them. And that was the way he wanted it for them. But what did they say? We want a king. Why did they want a king? For better representation? Samuel said, why do you want a king? If a king wants your horses, he comes and takes it. 
Why do you want a king? If the king wants to take your son or your daughter, he takes his nothing you can do. Why do you want a king? You're going to lose your freedom. They said, Samuel, we want a king. Why do you want a king? So he can make our decisions for us. Let's pass it along to him. If we go to war, we're sick and tired of all these meetings. Sick and tired of all this thinking. Sick and tired of all these decisions we have to make. Every day is another decision. Freedom means decision. You have a choice. And we see the biggest government failure in history was when Israel wanted Saul to be king. The biggest political failure in the world. They had everything. Nobody can take their children from them. Nobody can say, hey, your daughter's wonderful. I want her to be a princess. You couldn't do it. You'd get killed. Because every tribe had its own rule. They were a nation, but they held on to their own individuality. What a beautiful thought. And they gave it away to have a king. So that everything culminates on one man, whether his decision is horrible or not, we have to live with it. And if you read history, what happened with Saul? Saul was so crazy that he put an arrest warrant and a death warrant on his own son. He ran them into trouble that they didn't have to be in. His own greed made him to do things that God didn't want him to do. And in the end, the Lord had to go and put David. But the system was broken already. Because after David came Solomon, and after Solomon came disaster. Every now and then you had a good king, a bad king, a good king, a bad king. Three bad kings, two good kings, and it was disaster. And there was always in problems, wars and exiles. Because they had given up the power because they were too lazy to think for themselves. And I want you to understand the first step in getting power in your life is to accept decision making. You cannot give up decision making for somebody else because that is the growth of power. Don't get tired of making decisions because I understand that decisions can be exhausting. We might not want to admit it. But if somebody can do the thinking for us, that'd be so much better. I, I read an article and they were talking about what, 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 what are, what are the, the, the top things that couples argue about. And I, I disagree with all of them. I said I think one of the top things that couples argue about, married couples or dating people, is where are we going to eat? <laughs> Sweetie, I'm hungry. What you want to eat? I eat anything. Okay, let's go to pizzeria. No, not the pizzeria. I'll eat anything but that. All right, let's go to the spot. Let's get some rice and beans. Ah, no, I don't want no rice and beans today. But what do you want? How do you say it's whatever, and then when I give a, a suggestion, we well, don't want to eat that. How about you just say what you don't want? I don't know. I don't know what I want. I just want something. So really what you want me to do is just be your Google and just randomly say a bunch of things to see what you want. How many say amen? amen. Is that exhausting or not? Sometimes the argument goes on. You're like, you know what? Let's just not eat anything. Let's fast. Let's get something to drink and just move on with our day. Saul was made king because it was easier to have a king. And the people wanted to fit in with everyone else. 
and they made the hugest, most embarrassing political move that they ever made. The dumbest thing they can do is to give away their freedom. And from that point forward, they had to submit to one person. They rose and fell on the opinion of one person because they gave it up. And what the Lord is telling you today is don't give up your power. Don't give it up. One of the, one of the greatest mysteries is the power of a man and a woman. And those who find it, the first thing they do is stop the next generation from getting it. Because the more power I have over people, the more diabolical I become. There's a saying that says absolute power corrupts absolutely. That once people have enough power and they understand they have power and they have a voice where people listen to them, when it comes on a massive scale, they will try to oppress people. Oppression comes when you have one person who knows they have power and the rest of the people believe they don't. That's when you get oppression. What happens when people rise up in rebellion and they match the power of the oppressor? You know what happens? Overthrow. It's a takeover. There has to be change once everybody decides, hey, listen, we're on the same level here. You will not oppress me and I won't take it anymore. Things start to change. So I want you to understand that that's what God wants you to do in your life. Most of these oppressive things that are happening in our life, we are praying, God, take away the oppression. God, take this away. And he's trying to do it, but you won't accept it. Because the only way that he is going to break the chains is to bring you up. To make you believe that you don't need to be oppressed. That you have set yourself up in a system to allow oppression to happen to you. But the moment you say, now wait a minute. I'm not giving up my freedom. I'm not giving up who God has made me to be. I'm going to accept everything that God has and I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to empower myself. Last week we talked about encouragement. You know why I was? Because I had to make a deposit on this word because in order for you to be empowered, first somebody has to give you and encourage you so you can rise up, so you can believe that there's something in you. So here's, here's four points that I want to get out of your way. If you want to unleash the power of God on your life, number one, you have to lose the need to fit in. Lose it. If you own a business, stop looking at the other business owners. God will not make you like them. If you're a minister, stop watching YouTube and trying to copy people. You will not be like them. You know what's going to happen? Same thing will happen when I grab the guitar and he grabbed the guitar. I might sound like that, but it ain't the same. It was a, he played a familiar tune like me, but it was not even close. And if we kept playing further, the, the further we played, the more it's evident that I don't know what I'm doing. Hello, somebody. Well, once I finish that and he starts playing another song, I got to stay back, like, hold up. And that is what the enemy is trying to make you believe, that people can do what you do. What you do is easy to be you. Anybody can be you for 30 seconds. Let me tell you something. For five minutes, you can be me. You can say what I say, do what I do, but as we keep going further, you're going to see the difference. You're going to see a difference in longevity. 
mental toughness. You're going to see the difference in speech. You're going to see the difference where you stop and I kept going. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. You, we, we might look like you, but there's a difference. You hear what I'm saying? I, I, I might go to the gym with Brother Hope, and for the first five minutes, I can look just like him. We might even lift the same weight for the first two reps. We do one rep, it looks just the same. Fit, give me 50. Yeah, the first one. Let's keep going, though. It's going to be a huge difference. It is not the same. If me, me and JP go to the gym, I might, I might could squat the first one. Let's keep going, though. Two, three, four. All of a sudden, I'm going to be like this. <laughs> because there's a difference. Do you value yourself to the point that you're not intimidated by lookalikes? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm going somewhere. Are you feeling what I'm saying? My wife often says, you, ain't, you, you, you don't have a jealous bone in your body. I said, because I know me. Some other buster might look like me. He might flirt better than me. He might say some words nicer than me. But let him walk next to me for five more minutes. You're going to see a difference. Ain't the same man. Hello, somebody. Sisters, you got to be the same thing. She might be cute as she might be, but she ain't me. She might look nicer than me for the first couple minutes, but after that, she ain't me. She can't go to distance. She's not made of what I'm made of. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is where the power of God comes, not for the 30 seconds of fluff, where everybody can act like you, and everybody can act great. Everybody can act like they're mentally tough. They can act like they can run a business. You can tell people how to do what you do, and they still can't do it. Hey, man, I want to be just like you. Rob, I want to be just like you. Tell me how you do it. Well, you, you can write them a book and give them the manual. But you know what they don't have? Your heart. They don't have your heart. They don't have your power. It is not the same. It is impossible to be the same. Can't do it. Soon as we plug you in, something else comes out. So you can dress the same. You can have two Christians dressed the same with the same black suit. Open their mouth long enough, you're going to tell the difference. This, this is not the same thing. And unless you learn how to appreciate different, you will not enjoy what God has surrounded you with. He has surrounded you with different people to do different things. You, don't, you should not be me. We don't need another me. We need another you. I, I wish I was like Pastor. He has patience. He has this and that. Let me tell you something. All of us have patience. Nothing will get done. I need some impatient people around me. I need some people that push other people a certain way. I need some people that don't care too much how people feel. I'm a pastor. I'm programmed to care how you feel too much. So you might get me because I have a soft and a gullible spot. I believe you even if you're lying. I know you're lying. I still, okay. I know you're lying, but okay. I believe you anyway. I know you're lying to yourself, you're lying to me, you're lying to whole, but okay. We can't all be like that. You know that, right? We can't all be like that. We're going to be in trouble if we all believe each other's lies. Somebody has to receive you, and somebody else has to cut you off, and somebody else has to not tolerate you and tell you off. 
and now you have balance. You have law and order and love. You can't have all love. You can't have all law. You can't have all order. You have to have different people working the thing. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? You got to be you. We need you to be you and stay you. And if God empowers you, let him empower what's already inside of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that good? Go to, my second point is, embrace uncomfortable moments, for they come to pull you from your comfort zone. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's see what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You're paying attention. I'm almost done. We are almost out of here. Second Corinthians 12, 9. Let's put that up. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah. Where does my weakness come in? When I'm uncomfortable. My, my strength, you know where my strength comes in? When I'm certain. Okay? I know my zone. This is my zone. Okay? I know my territory. I'm safe in my territory. Okay? I know where to hide in my territory. I know where to duck in my territory. I, this is my spot. I know everything in my spot. But take me out of my spot and I'm, I'm in a place where I don't know. And then he says, in that place where I'm weak, he's strong. He's strong. So, so look at what it says. His power. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So in my weakness, where I think I'm weak, what happens is I have nothing to hold on to. And he says, that's, right, that's where I want you. That's exactly where I want you where you can't grab nothing, where you don't know anything familiar, where you can't even see where you're going. That, that space of uncomfortableness, of weakness, where you cannot grab and be totally uncertain, that's where I want you. I want you constantly in that state so I can strengthen you. And my strength, my, my, my strength is going to be made perfect in that weakness. My power is going to be made perfect in that weakness. My authority in you is going to be made perfect the more you let go of all that you know. Let go of everything they taught you. Let go of every time they said no. Let go of every boundary that they set up on you. And I want you to let go. And I want you to feel me. And let me fill you with power. Let me fill you with power. Because as long as you're grabbing on to what grandmama said. As long as you're grabbing on to what they told you at the club. As long as what you're holding on to what they, when they called you cute and you really weren't cute, they were manipulating you. You have made a comfort zone in a body of lies. And you want the power of God to make you stronger in a box full of lies. So guess what God has to do? He has to take you out of the box, out of the lies, out of everything, and expose you to truth. Truth that says, you're acting real ugly. 
Truth that says you have unforgiveness in your heart. Truth that says you got things you got to let go. Truth that says you have not studied the way you're supposed to. Truth that says you've been lazy. Truth that says you do things halfway. Truth that says you are the same person acting like you're different. That's the weakness. And he strengthens you. His power is made perfect in that weakness. Because every time the truth comes, don't we get weak? We get debilitated. We don't know what to do because we can't hold on to it. What happens when you're caught in a lie? You lose all defense, and then you have to just roll over like a dog. Because you got caught. But guess where the strengthening comes? When you accept it and you say, you know what? I did wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to get better. All of a sudden, you start to get better. Why? Because you let go of lies. Nobody grows in lies. We only grow in truth. Plants don't grow in the darkness. You have to put light on the plant for it to grow. So what would make you think that you can have part of your life in darkness and you're going to be a better man? What would make you think that you have part, half of your life in darkness and you're going to be a better woman? Why would you think that? It is a lie that we love to believe. I can hide who I really am and be better. We love that lie. What other lies do we love to believe? Sounds weird, right? Because we're not supposed to love lies, but we do love them. We love lies. We can be the same and get better result. Ooh, that's a good one. Isn't that a good? That's a good lie. I like that one. I don't got to make any changes, and God's going to bless me. I like that lie. That sounds good. I like that one. What else? Think of all the lies that we love, that we build a life on these lies, and we don't ever question them again. We find the comfort zone, and we glide in it. This is for religious and non-religious folks. Religious people just do it differently. We'll take scriptures, and we'll hide within the scripture. Religious folk, what they do is they take a scripture, they, they, they justify their behavior based on a scripture, they justify why they judge gays, why they are racist, They'll justify why they're misogynistic. They'll wrap it in a scripture, and they love to believe that the blessing of the Lord is on their house. They love that lie. That the scripture is going to hide me from exposure. That's a lie that, that religious people love. But that's not the truth. Jesus put everybody out there. He said, nah, nah, nah. You ain't going to be strong until I expose you. You're not going to be strong until I make you look like a fool. When I humble and embarrass you, now you're going to get power. When you have no more secrets to hide, now in that weakness, I can lift you up. How many people have been holding lies for years? Holding secrets that nobody knows. That while you're telling your stories, the back of your mind said, you a liar. While you're telling your stories, you say, you a liar. You know, you know what you did. You know what you're not telling. You're not telling. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. And something in you says, no, nah, nah, I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. That same thing that makes the worldly people say, I'm not a fanatic, is the same thing that makes the fake Christians say, everything's fine. You're afraid of God. You don't open up to God because you're afraid. So, so you learn in the pocket the safety of church. If I know enough songs... If I say what the church folks say, 
if I say a couple things like, Pastor, if I'm just nice, they won't really know the truth. And you found a way to hide in plain sight. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he can't get in. You look just like the rest of us. I bet you if we walk further, though, we'll find out. Don't love that lie anymore. We have to accept the change that says, you know what? I'm open. Lord, whatever you want to do with me. Expose me if you have to expose me. Put me out there if you have to put me out there. But I trust you that you won't break me and leave me in pieces. I trust you that you're going you're gonna to break my heart, but you won't leave me in shambles. I trust that if you open up my heart and do open heart surgery, I trust that you're going to sew me back up again. I trust that if you made me look like a fool, you'll restore my reputation. So a man who's not afraid of God is often criticized, often humiliated, often embarrassed. The real man of God often walks with his head down, and it's the Lord that has to say, put your head back up. Put your chest out. Because the real man of God don't lift his head unless the Lord say. Because we say, Lord, I, I ain't trying to lift my own head. I remember what happened last time I lifted my own head. I remember what happened last time I tried to talk a good game and I wasn't the truth. You made the truth come out to make me a better man. Come on, somebody. You know what a real man of God knows how to do? Shut up. A real woman of God who's been exposed knows how to shut her mouth. A real man of God is a scandalized easily. The fake Christians get scandalized very easily because they act like they have never. I would never. Oh, he did what? Oh, I would never do that. Keep living. Let's keep walking a little bit. Let, let temptation do and grab you from the ankle. You tell me what you won't do. You tell me if you won't fall. Let's keep walking. Let's see if it's really the same. The proud and the humble. They'll walk together for a little while, but the proud has to stop because God won't let them get any further. Because the pride get hung up by temptation. Because you're open and susceptible. But to the humble, God guides them. That's why his strength is made perfect in weakness. The stronger you are in the flesh, the weaker you are in the spirit. But the more humble you are in the spirit, the more power you have. The humble man, the humble woman, when they walk in the spirit of God and the enemy wants to come in the house, the Lord says, what? He goes up to the man of God and plugs him in. Gets power. Rebukes every demon, every hex, every witch, every warlock. You ought to see a man and woman of God. In, in, when, they, when we get busy, everything has to go. Mice have to flee. Roaches are like, whoa. <laughs> he rebuking everything up in here because that's real power. Pride doesn't work with power. When you have pride, only what works is your own talk. Amen, somebody? Can I read something to you? Watch this. Go to 1 Corinthians 4.20. Let's read that. 
1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in what? In talk. Read that again. For the kingdom of God does not consist in. But in what? Power. Do you have any? I know you got talk. How you doing, sister? Oh, praise the Lord. I'm doing great. God is so good. I got a testimony. Praise the Lord. Talk. I love talk. But after we talk, can I see some power, please? Can I see some power? That's the ID. The ID is in the power. The ID is not in the talk. The ID ID is not in, I, I know the scripture. Let me quote to you the book of Matthew. Praise the Lord. Chapter 1. Let me quote for you John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Oh, Shando, Ihrabakater, and you, whoa, that's, that's the man of God. Talk. Is this power? Let's follow the man home. Is it power? Let's go with him to work. Let's see the power of God if it's real. Let's see. Let's see if it's real or if it's fake. None of us test anything. We just believe. We believe the news. When it says the United States is falling apart, we believe it. When it says the world is crumbling, we believe it. When it says, oh, the stock market is down, you lost everything. You know, the only people who don't believe that stuff is poor people. We ain't got no stocks. The market is down, poor people are like, <laughs> the stock market is crashing. Too bad for you guys. Talk and power, two separate things. We're talking about the kingdom now, the kingdom of God. That's why I got to be careful with quiet people. Quiet people are the most powerful people. They don't talk too much. The intercessors don't talk too much. Let Let me pray about it. You know something's about to happen. When you pray, do heavens open? Do things happen? Is there evidence that God works in your life? Or have you been trained to be a Christian by flapping your lips and convincing everybody around you? Do you know that power works better? Some of the best evangelism that you can do is just to have power. Hey, what's going on in your life? Let me pray. Come back five days later. What happened? Testify what happened. And, and, and hello, somebody. Are we talking the truth or not? How many times have you come and we prayed for you, and in days something happens because it's power? You have to submit and believe in the power of God. I'm going to close with this. You have to believe in the power of God and accept it so that it can be embraced in your life once again. Because if you don't embrace it, it will not grow because your mind will not interpret it as important. Because you, you, every time the subject of power, you're afraid of it. God wants you to not be afraid of it. God wants you to take the barriers off of it so it can start to come into your life and flow. Next week, we're going to be in the retreat. Can you imagine if one of you get loose? Two of you get loose. If two or three of us get together in the name of Jesus and get loose and loose the power of God over our lives, I bet you something's going to change. I bet you fellowship is going to be enriched. I bet you your life is going to have meaning. 
When you have power, annoying people don't affect you anymore. Because you have learned to not let every voice influence you. You have learned, okay, I understand what you said. I'm not letting that affect me. I have choices. I can call you or I can never call you again. Choice is mine. Frustration's over. I have regained control of my life. You have been a headache for 20 years, but it's my choice to pick up the phone and it's my choice to call you. And if you show it to my doorstep, it's my choice to kick you out or to let you in. I got the power now, baby. You do not control me anymore. The promotion that God has for you is in your hand. It is not in your boss's hand. You cannot bring added value to a company and make them more and then threaten them to leave. And then I say, wait, wait a minute, we got to redo your contract. You can't go to somebody else. You can't go to the competitor. You're too good. Let's work something out. That is in your control. That is not in anyone else's control. Amen, somebody? I remember Brother Carlos one time, uh, Elder Carlos said, he said, uh, I'm going to pray for a certain number of sales, and the Lord gave it to us. I'm going to pray for it, too. I'm going to pray for it, too. Now, it seems silly because you figure, what does God care about sales? Can I tell you the truth? He doesn't care. Can I tell you the truth? God does not care if Elder Carlos sells one car or 50. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter. But he cares about him. What do grandparents, 60 years old, 65 years old, care about Mickey Mouse? Do you really want to walk all of Disney World? Have you ever walked Disney World? Anybody want to do it again? That's crazy. But if you have a little kid, you love Disney. You love the little kid. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. You don't care about Disney World. You care about the experience the child has. I need you to understand half the stuff you're praying for, God doesn't care about it. He cares about you. And if it makes you happy and it fulfills your purpose, he'll bless you. But first comes the relationship, not the thing. Amen? You can have the thing. You can have the thing. You want the business, you can have the business. But can I have you? That ain't right. You take a kid to Disney. It's, all right, listen, I'll wait for you at the car. I'm out. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I did this so we can have an experience together. I did this so I can see your face when you do it. And I hope by the end of this, you say, thank you, Grandpa. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. I'm hoping that you that's all I want. I don't want to be here. I'm here for you. Isn't that what God does? God doesn't want to work in your office. But he hopes that maybe during a lunch break, you can go to the bathroom and say, thank you, Jesus. I got this job because of you. God doesn't want your business. He's just hoping that maybe at the end of the day you say, thank you, Lord, for another contract. Thank you, Lord, for another customer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because I'm happy because you're in my life. I bless you. That's what he wants. You can have the checks. You can have the cars. You can have whatever you want. But can you say thank you? Can you say I got it because of you? Can you stay humble? Because if you can, you can have power. If you can stay weak, then he can perfect his power inside of you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There has to be a change. This thing that's in you, 
this is the new marker of a Christian. Forget about the old school, how we used to think. That is not, that doesn't matter anymore because the world has changed. Holding a Bible means nothing. You can be a terrorist and hold the Bible. So you can get close to the church to shoot it up. Doesn't mean anything. Dress code doesn't, it used to mean something in the 90s. You used to have to dress like a Christian in the 90s. Or else they don't let you in. And if you do get in, that's the last Sunday you're going to look like that. They used to say something like, you, what, what they used to say? You, you can come as you are, but you can't stay as you are. They used to say, you won't stay as you are. What they really meant was, you can't stay as you are. That's old news now. Now you give a dress code, ain't nobody coming. It's going to be you, your mama, and your three kids, and that's it. Because the world is changing. It has to change. It has been changing. That's why he said, this is not about talk. This is about power. And the spirit that he gave you was not a judgmental spirit. Power, love, sound mind. That's the evidence. The evidence no more. You don't know that the evidence no more is not even tattoos now. Used to be you had a tattoo, you was going straight to hell. <laughs> not really, but that's what, that's what was preached. You have pants? Hell. They used to call lipstick Pinta Diablo. You know that? La Pinta Labio, Pinta Diablo. That used to be a thing. Now, say that to an 18-year-old. What? What are you, what? What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. They, they, they don't even know what you're saying because it has changed. And if you cannot... What doesn't change is power. Power doesn't change. When it, when it comes from your guts and it mm, infects the next generation, nobody can deny it. And I want to ask you a question before I leave. Do you want some? Are you tired of operating on your own strength? Are you ready to receive what God has for you in the name of Jesus Christ? Stand at your feet. Let's pray. I want you to give God three seconds of praise if that's your truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name, Lord God. From the inside, Lord God, we give you everything, Lord. We bless you, Lord, for all that you have given us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. receive that word, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Father, look at every hand raised. Look at every heart, Lord God, right now that's open. I release a flow of power in this place in the name of Jesus. Power to heal the heart from the inside. Power to give joy unspeakable.
to take control back of our lives. No longer to be influenced by outside voices, but only, Lord God, to walk where you need us to walk. And sometimes, even if that is uncomfortable and it makes us weak, today we understand that your power and your strength is made perfect in our weakness. That when the world wants to hold secrets, we open up our hearts to you. That while the world wants to put, just put a rug over a mess, we expose our mess to you and say, Lord, here I am. Here's all of me. Here's my messes. Here's my failures. Here are my lies. Here are my terrible crimes. Here are my commitments that I have failed. Here are all the people that I have disappointed. I'm nothing before you. You know everything about me. You know when I'm being fake. You know when I'm just being phony. You know when I'm lazy, when I'm not even trying and I want everything and I'm spoiled. I expose everything. I cannot go higher unless I let all of this go. Every hand raised, every heart in prayer. I want you to release the lies, release the sins, release the crimes, release all of it in the presence of God. Let the power of God shine a light on every dark crevice of your life. You are not better than anyone else. You are on the same level playing field. The time for talking a good game is over. This is not about talk. This is about power. Release. Release it all. Let the light of Jesus shine in your hearts right now. Speak to Jesus. Open your mouth and speak to the Lord. Say, Lord, I need you to come in. Shine a light on all of this mess. Shine a light and expose it to your light. I will live in darkness no more. I will live in secrets no more. I open myself to be weak to you because I need your power, Lord God. I'm sick of living this life without power. Worried so much I can't change anything. When I had the power to change everything all along, it was always in me. I need you to activate it. It's going to look different from my brother. It's going to look different even from me to my wife. It'll look different from a wife to a husband. It'll look different, but we need different. We need each other to be at our best. Well, when trouble comes, we need backup right now. But before I want somebody to be valuable to me, let me be valuable to them. I open myself, Lord, right now. Have all of me. Not a little bit. Have all of me. Have all of me. Have all of me. I need you, Lord God, from the inside out, not from the outside in. I need a power to be explained, even when my mouth doesn't know what to say. I need a power that dwells on the inside, that can rebuke sickness off of my children, that can rebuke, Lord God, unemployment from my life, that can take away the spirit of poverty that I have been dealing with for years. It can be broken now in the name of Jesus Christ with the power that is already working in me. It's already working. It's already working. It's already working. So we receive it now, and we thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Yeah, I said give him some praise. Hallelujah, we praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we give you praise and honor and glory. We give you honor and glory and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give it up to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Next time you praise him, praise him with power. Next time you bend your knees to pray, pray with power. Don't be afraid of the, of the humbleness in the moment. Don't be afraid of the tears that come down your face. It's working in you. Anything that God wants to work, let him work it. Let him have his way in your life. And you're going to see a complete transformation. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Did you receive that word today? Amen? If you receive it, give somebody a high five. Tell them, I got it. I got it. Amen. You got it? Hey, I got some announcements before we go. And I got some. We're going to get ready for our tithes and offerings. God has been good to us. We praise him in advance for all that he's doing in our lives financially, spiritually, emotionally. Amen. Praise God. It is good to give to what is giving to you. Amen. Tonight at 830, we have our men's Zoom call. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, I, I wanted to see how many, how many uh, brothers are going to be available uh, I wanted to do a prayer for the men at 8.30 in our old, old sanctuary on 59th and Buchanan. How many men can join me at, uh, at 8.30? Okay. This is very important because I don't, want, I don't want to take too much of your time. I'm hoping maybe two of you will help me move some stuff. <laughs> full disclosure, full disclosure. Uh... But I think it's important. I want the brothers to lead the way in prayer as we get ready for this retreat. So that all of the emergencies, all of the things that might stop us, that they can all be delayed and back up off a week so we can have a fantastic weekend. Because I know how the devil do. The devil knows that we're going to have a powerful weekend and he's going to start making up emergencies. Ceilings are going to fall. Floors are going to come apart. Cars are going to break down. We're coming against all of that. In the name of Jesus, we're coming against people talking about, oh, I know I can cover you, but I can't cover you. All that kind of emergency stuff. We're trying to have all that eliminated in the name of the Lord. Amen. So, so we will have the Zoom call, but I want as many men that can meet me there want to have a, a moment of power and prayer uh, at 830. Amen. Uh, Monday night is our, our Monday night Bible study. Amen. We're going to be reading on Romans 11. We're going to pick off, pick up where we left off. Uh, Wednesday night is going to be a, a 9 p.m. single Zoom call. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're having a lot of success with that. So much that today after church, uh, we're going to have a, a, a church singles fellowship 
here at the house of worship. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, let's have some fun. I want to go further into this conversation that we're having today. Amen? Friday, uh, of course, Friday is going to be our retreat. Uh, we want you to have the information at the front desk. If you are not going to the retreat uh, and you want to join us on Sunday, we will not be here next Sunday. Okay? So let's, we're, we're going to post that online. We're going to post that on the group meets. And uh, if you have invited any guests, invite them here instead. So we're going to have this uh, flyer at the front desk. And it's going to tell you the address and everything you need to know when you get there, where to park, and where we're going to be meeting. Amen? So pick that up on the way out. Uh, everyone else who has taken care of business as far as the retreat is concerned, you should have already an email. If you have not had an email, speak to uh, Elder J, and she will hook you up with everything else that you need. Amen? All right. Uh, the following Sunday, we move the anniversary to the 29th instead of the 22nd, uh, just so we can have a, a week to regroup. So the 22nd is going to be uh, Sisters, Sisters Brunch at the State Street Grill. Amen? And the 29th is going to be the House of Worship 12th year anniversary. A dozen years. Amen? We are going to find out who is our 2019 Iron Award winner. Amen. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about that. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be praying for a new elder. Amen. New elder-elect, new deacon-elect. We're, we're, uh, we're getting down to business. Amen. I anticipate 2020 being one of the best years of your life. Amen. Yeah, I prophesy it now. 2020 is going to be fantastic. But we need you to get ready for that now. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, amen. Praise God. So let's, uh, before we close, let's collect our tithes and offerings as we sing a song of worship, and I'll come back to pray. Amen?
extend your hands here to the offering. I want you to I want you to consider your brothers and your sisters financial situation as you consider yours. And I want you to pray for somebody else's finances right now, not yours. We'll pray for yours, you pray for somebody else. Amen. Father, look at our brother and our sister's money. The money that's tied to this, their household, their dreams, their goals, and all that they need. We pray a blessing over it, and we empower this seed right now to produce fruit wherever it goes. That it may bless the house of the Lord, and the effort may come back to our house, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let us see evidence in our brother's life. Let us see the evidence in our sister's life of financial prosperity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's that time. If you're not a single, you don't have to go home, but you have to empty the sanctuary. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, as we go. We depart from each other, but never from your presence. As we go into the next part, Lord God, of our activities today, we bless you and we thank you. Let this word, let us not forget what we learned today as we start a new journey of power in our lives. We pray, Lord God, that you may open doors all over for us and let us never forget who our daddy is in heaven. We thank you, Lord God, for all the things that you have done for us, through us, and to us as we give you, Lord God, all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Bless us, O oh God, this week as we get ready for the retreat. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Give somebody a hug and a kiss. Thank <laughs> you.